Hello, everybody. Welcome back to What a Week. As always, I'm your host, Nick Gatlin. Let's get into the news for this week. A federal lawsuit filed today in U.S. District Court in Portland seeks compensation for inmates lodged in the Multnomah County Detention Center during weeks of protests that repeatedly exposed them to CS gas and other crowd control agents. Quote, night after night, Multnomah County jail deputies ignored cries for help, stopped responding to emergency calls, and left the men and women trapped in their cells to suffer, says the lawsuit, filed against Multnomah County and Sheriff Mike Reese on behalf of at least 300 plaintiffs by Portland lawyer Joe P. And seven other lawyers. The lawsuit alleges that after Minneapolis police killed George Floyd and extending through July, those held in the downtown jail, most of whom were awaiting trial, were exposed to gas and smoke on a nearly nightly basis. Quote, whenever law enforcement deployed tear gas in the vicinity of the Justice Center, the ventilation systems pumped the gas into the jail and the detainees and inmates suffered, the lawsuit says. In state news, Oregon is at a, quote, dire point in the pandemic, according to Oregon Health Authority Director Pat Allen. Quote, COVID-19 is spreading dangerously quickly, he told a weekly news briefing Friday. Over the past week, we've established new daily records for daily cases and deaths. We're entering a new and critical stage in the battle against the virus, he said. On Friday, the state reported yet another daily high of 1,306 COVID-19 cases. Quote, virus-stricken patients are filling our hospital beds in ever greater numbers. Oregon hospitals are facing a clear and present threat, said Allen. If we don't get COVID-19 under control, the virus will swamp our hospitals with severely ill patients putting more lives at risk, he said. With the warnings, the state is changing the way it tracks the virus. Up to now, officials have counted the number of people tested because that's how the infectious disease data is formatted. Allen said Oregon will start counting the number of tests performed rather than people tested. That's because many people are tested multiple times if they work in the healthcare settings or as essential employees. Senior OHA health advisor Dr. Melissa Sutton said the change allows Oregon to compare its performance with many other states. In national news, President-elect Joe Biden on Monday unveiled his nominations for top national security positions in his administration, picking former Secretary of State John Kerry as his climate czar and former Deputy National Security Advisor Avril Haines as Director of National Intelligence. Haines, if confirmed, would make history as the first woman to oversee the U.S. intelligence community. Biden also plans to nominate Alejandro Mayorkas to become the first Latino Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. The full list is Secretary of State will be Tony Blinken, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines, Department of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas, U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations Linda Thomas-Greenfield, and Special Presidential Envoy on Climate John Kerry. Via Axios's Margaret Taleb, the list set to be announced at an event in Delaware on Monday is a deliberate effort to package nominees in a way that suggests diversity. Neither Sullivan nor Kerry will have to go through confirmation hearings, but it brings Kerry into the administration in what is likely to be an important role, and the list notably does not include Biden's pick to lead the Pentagon, a choice likely to draw intense scrutiny from anti-war and progressive Democrats. Finally, in international news, AstraZeneca and the University of Oxford announced on Monday that their inexpensive, easy-to-produce coronavirus vaccine appears effective, the latest in a string of encouraging results this month from leading vaccine developers. An early analysis of data from late-stage clinical trials found that AstraZeneca's vaccine was either 62% or 90% effective, depending on the manner in which the doses were given. 
While the overall efficacy of the vaccine remains unclear, the encouraging preliminary results indicate that it has the potential to become a powerful new weapon in the war on the pandemic, which has killed more than 1.3 million people worldwide since January and is still spreading rapidly. AstraZeneca said it expected to begin distributing the vaccine this year and that it would be able to make up to 3 billion doses next year. At two doses per person, that would be enough to inoculate nearly one in five people worldwide. Unlike some other leading vaccine candidates, the AstraZeneca vaccine can be quickly produced in vast quantities, will cost only a few dollars per dose, and is easy to store for long periods, and that could substantially expand the number of countries and people that have access to the vaccine. The price of AstraZeneca's shot at $3 to $4 is a fraction of the cost of some other vaccines. AstraZeneca has pledged to make it available at cost around the world until at least July 2021 and in poorer countries in perpetuity. That's all the news that you need to know for this week. This is What a Week. Have a great day. <laughs>